I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. And we're back. We are back. It felt so good to yeah. say that intro. Oh, It doesn't scare you. Oh, I think it's gonna, girl. <laughs> I think this is gonna be a scary-ass season of The Handmaid's Tale. I so. am excited that it's gonna be so much darker. Which I know isn't surprising, since I told you before we started recording that I watched Requiem for a Dream voluntarily 36 times. Hashtag, I'm single and ready to mingle. Cool. I'm glad you got that April. on the air. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to impress all of the straight men who listen to this Ooh. and might want to date me. Great. Well, she's ready and willing. So all three and a half of you. <laughs> and some of you, uh, you don't know it, but you've already been eliminated from the list. <laughs> Just kidding. We love all of our listeners equally. We do love all of our listeners equally. We sure do. And uh, to that end, thanks, everybody, for participating in our Facebook group. Thanks for talking to us on Twitter. I noticed we got some new iTunes reviews that were positive and not about how shrill we are. So we appreciate those kind of reviews. Hashtag chill, not shrill. Hashtag chill, not shrill. Awesome. Uh, So just in terms of our podcast going forward, we're going to obviously cover this season of The Handmaid's Tale. What? For serious? <laughs> I'm very surprised. I know. I'm sorry. This is not the Babysitter's <laughs> Club podcast that we have fantasized about. Uh, um, so much for KL5, the uh, Babysitter's Club podcast. Man. Uh, anyhow, so we're going to rec- we're gonna cover this season of The Handmaid's Tale, which might be in the last season, you guys. Who knows? Um, I, like, I hope so. Like, And I'm not saying that I don't love this show, because I love right. this show. But it's like... There's only so much story. Right, exactly. I don't want to keep living in Gilead. No, I You know, I don't want to I don't want to blow my Gilead wad before it comes to reality. I'm very uh on board with that. So, uh coming up we're going to do a special Valentine's Day episode that is not related to the Handmaid's Tale or is it? Uh <laughs> <laughs> So just uh, keep your keep your ears open because uh, before the end of February we're gonna have another episode and then we're gonna be teeing up to our March sadness special, which is a bracket that we're gonna make on our Facebook page where we find out who the saddest woman author is of all time. Yep. So keep an eye on our social media because we're gonna have a lot of cool things coming. Step aside, sad boys. Time for the sad gal. Ooh, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't think there's anything else from our Facebook page we need to address. Oh, I'm going to go through these comments really quick. Can I just say how much I value you for running our social media? Hey, it's honestly my fave. I know, that's great. But you also have taught me how to be a better social media manager. Sure. I feel like I could, like, list that under my special skills now because I have such a solid understanding from you. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go through this this thread real quick. Shout out to Allison Phillips, who thought the picture... The actress playing Alfred's mom was going to be Sherry O'Terry and not Cherry Jones. That would be funny. I would watch that. Who's that Spartan in my handmaid? It's me. <laughs> it's me. Uh, shout out to Admiral Swee. We see what you're doing there. Uh, who wants us to talk more about what Little America is going to look like? Shout out to Rachel Caston, who aptly says she doesn't know why Hulu picked such a dark picture. Right. Like, why did they pick the picture that, like, the third grip's daughter took it's when she visited so the dumb. set? It's the hero image for your article. Like, seriously. I feel like they sent out the press release and their PR team was like, oh, no, we forgot to get a photo of Cherry Jones. Shit. Like, use a fucking filter, guys. It's, <laughs> you're adults. You can okay. turn up the gun and everybody printed it. Every single outlet so didn't No one alter. put a filter. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. Shout out to Gracie Wank, who also comments on the darkness of the Hulu picture and wants to know where the writers are getting their material for season two. We'll talk about that. And she said she'd love a Grace Marks crossover where she suffocates the red beard husband with a quilt and joins the Handmaid's Resistance. Well, we can only help. Uh, I don't want that. <laughs> I'm going to be very explicit. I don't want to see that crossover. Uh, and uh, Alex Nunn wants to know if either of us has watched The Alienist. And I'm going to say, hey, listen, if it's not reruns of The Office, I'm not watching it. So I have not watched it. And the reason for that is that it keeps coming on my Roku. And it's like, watch the first episode free on the TNT Roku app. I'm just too lazy to download and activate my TNT Roku app. But I'm going to do it this week. 
Great. I'm like literally going to write out on my to-do list. Oh, fun. Okay, mm-hmm. so we'll get back to that maybe on the Galentine's Day episode. We'll yes, I will I will definitely report back because I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited. Cool. I'm excited. I'm also like excited to see Dakota Fanning do TV. Ugh. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, what did? Yeah. <laughs> Quick shout out to the this is the first time we've ever had a third person in the room with us and they're they're not gonna be featured too heavily, but we feel their present. Sir, this is a woman's podcast. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, shout out to my man, Master Mitchell, who helped set it up today. Uh, Mitch, you want to give a woo woo? Yes. And uh, that's great. Thank you so much. We love you. I actually, I kind of like it because I like, I'm such a uh, an approval whore that he's like laughing, oh. and I'm like, oh, I, okay, great. This is these are all these are all gold. He's a good laugher. One yeah. thing I love about Mitchell Thompson, other than his rugged boyish good looks, is oh. uh, his good laugher. So, if you hear little giggles, it's from this guy. <laughs> little gigs. It's like on the Jackie and Lori show. <laughs> That's right. There has been sometimes when um, redheads have met me at, like, stand-up shows, and I introduce him, and they go, uh, of Mitchell. I yeah, get yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're famous. I feel like you've been pretty explicit about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Anywho. I mean, if people listen to our podcast the way I listen to podcasts, where I just sort of let people's weird voices wash over and through me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Enjoy. Either way you enjoy it, we enjoy having you as fans. Uh, Indeedy Brew. And I'm so excited to be back. Because, oh, like, too. it's fun to engage with people when the show's not on. But I like it so much. It's like, you know, virtual water cooler. Love it. And it means I don't have to leave my house. Yeah. To talk about the Hammocks. Except when you come to my house, like you are today. Yeah, but that's, that's, you know, su casa mi casa? Yeah. Yeah, it works both ways. All right. Uh, so today we're going to be covering everything we know in advance of season two of The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Woo. Which is not much. Really? Because I feel like we know a bunch. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like they're being deliberately obtuse about some stuff, but I also think that Thanks in part to the redheads. Like, we have a really solid grip on where it's going. Yeah. And, like, for example, the promo image of Offred with her, with, like, she's covered in blood. I know. We all, like, were like, oh, she clearly ripped out her handmade tracker. I know. And I was reading this article, and it was like, <laughs> oh, like, you know, who would who would harm a pregnant woman in Gilead? I'm like, the pregnant woman, you dub-dubs. That is funny. I also uh, laughed at that. <laughs> that article was ridiculous. Donkulous. No, like, it was the, a good article. No, the, the article had good information, but the tone of it was so stupid. No, I'm, I'm going to fight back on that. I liked it. They were doing the one uh, little snippet. Uh, we'll, we'll post the article that we're talking about. Uh, I'm like, we better at this point. Uh, it's from... As it is the source of one of our many fabled disagreements. It is an article from Entertainment Weekly uh, that kind of recaps No, everything. this is from Harper's Bazaar. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Harper's Bazaar. Sorry. That's why the tone is so stupid. <laughs> Harper's Bazaar. But there's one section in this article where they describe, oh, it's, they're describing Alfred running away being pregnant. And they, they go into, like, really gory detail, uh, a quote from Bruce Miller. And then the author just goes, damn. <laughs> so I thought that was very, like, That's I fine, but the whole article was not like that. So okay. much of it was like, oh, no. So let's break down what we learned from this article, kind of beat by beat. The conceit of it is, like, everything we know about season two so far. And this is called from various interviews and stuff like that. So the first one is a softball. says that it'll air April 2018. I have a 13-episode season. We, of course, will be doing our best to give you... Wasn't it 10 last season? Or was it 13? I'm afraid I don't remember. I felt it was 10. 10. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that means more red all over for everybody. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're going to do our best to be Johnny on the spot with that like we were last time. Yes. So hopefully our box of DVDs that we keep finding on the street keeps coming through. So that'll be great. So they make mention of the the second thing they make mention of is that Maggie Atz feels like her participation in the show is only going to get deeper and deeper, because mm-hmm. she's like, I've had years and years to think about this world since this book came out in 1985. Well, actually, okay, so Miller said that. She didn't say that. Nuh-uh. Yeah, huh. Miller echoed that to The Hollywood Reporter, noting that Atwood has had a long time to think about what happened to her characters after the book's conclusion. Sorry, I was saying Margaret Atwood said that she, Oh, yeah, she said that her participation is gonna... But I don't think that Maggie Atz has ever thought about this book since she finished writing it. Ooh, I'm not sure I believe that, actually. I just don't think she cares. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, and she said that when, like, with the big, like, oh, her name is June. 
Well, because she true. was like, yeah, I literally never thought about it because it didn't matter to me. Oh, okay. Well, she's thinking about it again. Yeah. She's thinking about a lot of things lately. Birds, trees, <laughs> uh, former staff of certain colleges. David Cronenberg. All kinds of things. Crafties. <laughs> so that's cool. That's kind of exciting that they're going to exist within this world that's already set up that she might give them some guidance to. But they're a little bit going off book at this point and expanding it in ways that like one, you know, 40 chapter book couldn't get into. Well, I mean, and they've already gone off book. And I feel like some of the strongest material of season one was when they went off book. Mm-hmm. So I I think season two has the potential to be better than season one. I agree. And I think season one was stellar. And I was very vehemently anti-season two until I read this article and saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be magnificent and horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, of course, the next thing they say is Emos is coming back because she just can't take a bubble bath break. <laughs> so she's excited to come back and she See, this is what I hate about the and most of your favorite characters will be back too. It's like I feel like this article wants to have it both ways where it's like, "Oh, this is a plucky buddy comedy." You know? Ah, and I realize that that sounds dumb cuz like some of the criticism of this podcast is like how can you be funny about the Handmaid's Tale? Very easily. But it's like, I don't know. Not that I don't have favorite characters, but it just feels like such a, like, you know, I have favorite characters in Star Wars. Uh In The Handmaid's Tale, mostly I have characters that I'm like, please be okay. I feel that, but also Serena Joy is my favorite I know, but also (laughs) Aunt Lydia is my favorite character. This is a great point to pivot, is uh, we're going down the line a little bit from this article, is they say that the Waterfords are going to be play a part in this season, mm-hmm. but potentially a smaller part. But we are going to find out what the heck it is that Fred does all day. Which is great, because even the book is very unclear about that. Yeah, well, because, like, what what we saw in the previous episode, like, we saw him sort of around the framing of Gilead, mm-hmm. and we saw him, you know, with his man laptop, and that Serena Joy wasn't allowed to look at. <laughs> tisk tisk. And we'll get into what we see from him doing in the trailer, I'm curious if what we see him do in the trailer is, like, his 9 to 5. Interesting. I really can't wait to get into yeah. that because I want to know your thoughts. But I, one thing that they mention in this article is they're like, okay, our last impressions of Serena Joy are, like, twofold. Mm-hmm. One of the last major things we saw her do was dangle Hannah right in front of June. Mm-hmm. Which, oh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So they're like, will there be retribution f- regarding Hannah for Offred leaving? Which, to me is very scary because it's like Alfred would do anything to save Hannah but also they can't afford to be like killing kids in this society yeah. well, so I'm not and sure I how also, they would use that and she's have, somebody else's kid now too one thing that I'm curious about and one of the next points is that the theme this season is going to be motherhood mm-hmm. which I am I'm ambivalent on that in a sense but what I'm really curious about is okay Alfred is pregnant with a new baby yeah not just the relationship between the baby's respective fathers, but what is her relationship then to Hannah, who she, you know, raised and then had snatched away from her? And then what's her relationship to this new baby mm-hmm. that hasn't been born yet? Right. I just, I, I can't imagine what that would be like. Because it's like, I no. feel it's it's a very, like, reminiscent of Sophie's Choice. Sure. Where it's like, does she have to, like, choose which one of these kids she is going to save. Absolutely, because taking this, you know, Baby X out of... I like Baby X is the official podcast name for June and Nick's fetus. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I biffed it. I could have come up with something No, I like it. No, we're not projecting anything on the baby gender-wise. I know, but I should have said, like, Elvis or something (laughs) silly. I ruined it! I feel Um, like if it's Elvix... With an X. No. <laughs> now, we're, now we're gilding the lily. Um, so uh, b- taking baby X out of Gilead seems to be her goal. But then you're right. She's still leaving Hannah there. I mean, I, d- I don't know, based on the information that we have at the end of season one, that she has a plan. 
Well, I, I mean, mean, I think she might have some hopes. Yeah. But I also think that with everything that's happened to her thus far, she's just, like, rolling with the punches. R- right. And Sometimes taking literally. it one day at a time. Yeah. Well, it, it reminds me a little bit of the movie, whereas, like, we end with that very, like, wholesome, like, her. She's like, I'm just here with my baby and this dog. Yeah. We'll start over. The yeah. society that consists of the three of us, I'm counting the fetus and the dog, <laughs> <laughs> is better than what we left. So yeah. that's kind of interesting. It does sort of signify this like birth of a fresh start mm-hmm. but it's also you are her being pregnant queers things so much because she's at once so vulnerable but so so precious mm-hmm. that she has like a safeguard that she maybe doesn't have though i think having functioning ovaries makes you a little bit safe mm-hmm I agree, but also, we don't really know enough about Nick. Like, what is he yeah. going to do? It's true. I, you know, we don't really have a sense of him as a partner. Sure. We don't know what his personal agenda is. The His introduction to the sons of, what are they called? The, you know, the sons of whatever that started Gilead. Sons of Jacob. Thank you, yeah. I was like, it's... It's like, Old I know Testament. It's red tent. It's I know it's red tent. Um, <laughs> Bilha. Um, Everything come back to red tent. Anyway, but it's just like how much of their philosophy, if any, does he subscribe to? Because we know he's kind of a mercenary. I was going to say, but rat. <laughs> yeah, I don't buy that. <laughs> but I just, you know, I mean, and then of course, and. I feel like we're jumping around in this article, and that's fine. That's but like, fine. who cares? There's the potential conflict between Luke and Nick. Yes, the which, bay off. But honestly, I'm super amped because I'm like, choose a polyamorous solution. Ooh, be girl. the future. Oh yeah. Also, Luke and Nick make out. Oh, I didn't know I wanted that until mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Listen, <laughs> the female gaze has really been denied. The full celebration mm. of a delicious man mm. smooching on another delicious mm, man. Mm, 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 and those are two delectable morsels. Mm. Mm. Girl, remind me, sidebar, remind me to send you this article I read <laughs> the other day about how the movie George of the Jungle is the perfect example of the female gaze in a movie. Uh, I feel like I've maybe read that before and I agree with it. It's very great. God, I Anyhow. love that movie. That movie's so good. I wonder if it holds up. Anyhow. So, oh, and then let's go to your favorite character, Aunt Vicky. Uh, You may call me Aunt Vicky. Uh, Aunt Lydia, the actress who plays her, has been crushing it lately. And out, baby. Could not remember her name. That's why there's two of us, Maldon. Perf. Uh, She's scooping up Emmy noms. She's looking fab while doing it. Mm. And she kind of teases what I think we've discussed in this podcast before is that we're going to get a little bit insight into Aunt Lydia's backstory Mm -hmm. in that maybe she was like the marm at this school for girls. I like the quarters like with the promiscuity. And I'm like, like, what girl school did you go to? I know. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm like, what was going on in the 70s, Annie D? (laughs) What were you doing? And I like that because we also found out we're going to get a glimpse of Emily's past. Yes. And which is, Emily I know has I been, or Alexis Bledel has been promoted to series regular. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get flashbacks of her wife and her son, whose name was Oliver, I think. And Clea Duvall, my favorite lesbian actress of my generation. Um, shout out American Horror Story Season 2 Asylum. Ooh. Shout out, but I'm a cheerleader. That's right, because she's still friends with uh, Natasha Leon. Yeah, and also shout out Veep because she's great on Veep. But she's playing Alexis Bledel's wife, ah. and we're going to see them attempting to flee to Canada. Interesting. And I think I re- wasn't she successful in getting out? No, they leave it very open. Okay, I couldn't remember what or if or anything happened. So I'm excited to see that. I think like that's a cute couple, right? Alexis Bledel and Clay Duvall. Sure, I ship it. I yeah, I totally ship it. Um. I think what's interesting about this sort of extension from the book is that a lot of characters get a reprieve that don't, that I always assumed died in the book. Well, now, they also say, some of your favorite characters might not make it. I also rolled my eyes at that. That was so dumb. We know. That's like if you were writing a Game of Thrones recap and be like, hey, guys, just a heads up. Nobody's safe, okay? It's like, we knew this. Like, we fucking knew this. Oh, in this horrifying dystopia, which has reduced us to tears on multiple occasions? 
it might have a bummer ending. It's almost like after all of the horrible shit Alexis Bledel has been through on this show, I'd be like, honestly, it would be merciful for that character. I hope she does die. I hope Madeline Brewer dies. Yeah. (laughs) That's a hard knock life. Which brings us to to the promotional photo. Oh my God. Girl, I covet a handmade funeral outfit. Oh, girl. I want it. I want to wear it in my daily life like the ghost of freaking Christmas past. Or, I'm sorry, the Christmas yet to come. See this picture? Oh, it's so scary. So, apparently it's been confirmed that it's a handmaid's funeral. However, I think this is probably, like, some rando handmaid. We're, like, in, like, you know, it's, like, on, like, Clone High when they're, like, one of the clones will die! And then it's Luke Perry's Ponce de Leon. But they'll be, like, oh, hey, guys, this is, um, this is... Of Sean. Stephanie. This is of Sean, and she's our new best friend handmaid. And then she, like, kills herself, and they're all like, oh, we we barely knew her. No. It's going to be of Skylar. It's going to be our favorite handmaid. Uh, I'm gunning for of Kyle. Uh, This is Shannon's funeral, and she's like, I'm I'm not actually dead. I'm just dead to all you guys, because nobody came up to my birthday. She's just so extra. Um, yeah, but I was actually kind of thinking, and somebody said this when we posted this picture on our Facebook page, is that maybe they're trying to make it seem like Offred is dead. <gasps> um, I think that sounds like a totally in-character, diabolical Serena Joy masterminded plan. Because otherwise it might look bad on the commander that their handmaid was taken by an eye. But also, their previous handmaid killed herself. So they would also have to be like, oh, she was killed by, like, a terrorist. Yeah. But it also, it doesn't quite jive with how I think Gileadian people think, because to me it would be, it's hard, because I could see how they would not want to make this, like, escaped Offred as, like, the Che Guevara of, like, the handmaids, and, like, she's she's the one that got away. That's what Che Guevara is, They right? both love red. <laughs> um, I could see why they wouldn't want to make her, like, a rallying point, but I also could see if they acknowledged that she was alive, if they caught her to make her an example. I'm still team so, random handmaid. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm excited to find out if either of us is correct. Sorry, of Timmy. Your time has come. Uh... How embarrassing for Timmy. So embarrassing. An adult man still named Timmy. He's like, guys, please, I'm 45. Can my handmaid be of Timothy? Not Timmy! (laughs) (laughs) And we gave you the kind of wonky one, too. (laughs) (laughs) She's a talker! (laughs) Okay, this is so random. And I doubt we're going to get any kind of follow-up on this. So when and if their, their trade plan with Mexico goes through and they, like, ship them handmaids... Do you think they're going to send, like, a manual that's, like, it has to be, like, of Manuel? Uh, uh, you know? I was going to say, de Jorge. Yeah, I was like, like, I was like, listen, I can't speak hardly no Spanish. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, de, I believe de is, like, of D. Yeah, so that makes like, sense. De Jorge. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, you have to do this. No, I'm sorry. That if is you, how we do it. If you don't do that, they will not reproduce for they you. They will not. <laughs> They're very sensitive. You know, like how sometimes you have to talk to a cow before it will milk. Oh, God, that's what they're like. Yeah. But that's interesting. I wonder if they're we will. They're human beings. Oh. I do wonder if we'll see a resurgence of the Mexico plotline. Yes. And well, and we know that they're connected with Mayday. Or at least the attache was. Yes. So. Oh, let's talk. This is a great way to talk about what they said about Mayday in this article, which I had never considered before, but is a great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this article, I can't remember if it was Bruce Miller who said this or not, but they say, like, Mayday is is an anti-Gilead task force. They're not a handmade rescue mm-hmm. task force. They're not the underground female road. Right. So what they mentioned is that, like, if you were trying to take down Gilead, the best way to do that would be via the handmaids. Mm-hmm. And killing handmaids is kind of like salting the earth of Gilead. Yeah. So I mean, it's literally the main... earth of the human race, though. Right. And I mean, that I think will be interesting if that's the way that they go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if he's bringing it up. Yeah. I'm I mean, like, he ought to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm not... <laughs> Bruce is like, I want you <laughs> to know <laughs> that may days. Not so good. <laughs> so that was, it brought up the interesting dynamic that maybe made it bad, question mark. But I don't think, I mean, this is not a show 
where you're like right. person X good, person X bad. Right. Um baby X just Jaden. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's still out on baby X. <laughs> the but size I mean, of a cantaloupe. You know, I mean, that is how these kind of resistance movements work. Mm -hmm. And you see that now even in the U.S. with sort of the activist forces on the left. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of infighting. There's a lot of people who argue about what the most expedient way to weaken the right is. And I mean, same on the right. I just am not as party to their conversations (laughs) anymore. You know, I mean, it's extremely difficult to get people to agree on where to go to brunch. (laughs) Let alone agree on how to take down the government. That's true. And we see so many competing interests just in what we've seen. You know, we have like potentially May Day trying to bring things down from the inside. And then we have like independent people like Nick, potentially, who are we don't know who or what they're working with. Did you get the impression at the end of season one that Martha was already part of Mayday? Because I did not. I didn't get that either. I got, allude to that. I got, yeah. But I think that was like this author's speculation Mm -hmm. versus anything that they actually were fed from the Handmaid's Tale PR machine, which, by the way, runs like a perfectly oiled machine. I've mm-hmm. been really impressed with the way that they roll out these little tidbits. And thank you for the May D's box. Yes. Thank you. But I just, my impression was that Offer was like, well, you're in it now, bitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was like, to me, it was like Offer was offering her the offering. Huh? Uh, huh? Huh? Get it? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it was like, well, you're either going to run with this or you're going to bury this. Yeah. And. Offred ain't got time. And they alluded in this article that the actress that plays Rita, who's Amanda Bruegel, is going to have a bigger part. And she also got bumped from guest star to like, cast member. I loved that photo of all of the women at the Emmys. Yes. And Rita was in there. Amanda Bruegel was in there. Yeah. I love her. I like. She's been sort of just like the sleeper in the off season. Yeah. I'm like, her performance was a freaking mm-hmm. master class. Mm-hmm. She was so good. Like, I'm getting goosebumps now. Thinking about how restrained and amazing and effective her performance was. I agree. I think it's excellent. So the Marthas, though, are going to be, we're going to see more of the Marthas and their network. As well as... Oh, my God. We just blew out the game, but it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. Oh, my, oh my God. Gosh. I got so excited to read that section. And because that was the first time that I had seen, like, anybody putting, like, the stamp the official stamp of me, like, yeah, you're going to see the Econo Wives. Yes. What do they get up to? I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I hope we get our top chef, Martha, back, too. The one who worked at Jezebel's. <laughs> she was so dope. I loved her. I think her. she was great, too. Ooh, she made pesto for I know. fucking... Mm. She made pesto... Nick, you're a dum-dum. Nick. Embrace don't... the polyamorous future. <sighs> yes. That's a good way to ensure that freaking uh, babies happen. It's true. Is a poly... Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised... Well, I guess, it, I mean, it is Poly- polyamorous. Polygynous? Is that with yeah, multiple women? Polygyny, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. I'd like to see that character come back. I'm very excited about learning what the fuck Econo Wives are. <laughs> um, if they bring face butter, we will know they listen to this fucking podcast. I, know. I don't we, feel like they are. If we get a press, we've applied for press passes for certain events that could put us in proximity with people in this show. I don't want to jinx it, but if we do, that is the only thing. That's the only thing we're going to ask. But I mean, we're going to frame it in a good way. Like, listen, like, this, you know, is really resonant with a lot of people (laughs) about self-care. Look, we haven't written it yet, but we're going to write it good and professional. Uh, So Um, keep your fingers crossed for us. Yeah, that would, oh my god. Okay, anyway. I've already talked about it too much, but keep your fingers (laughs) crossed, that'd be dope. Oh, another big reveal in this article is fucking Marissa Tomei is coming back. I had no idea she's going to be in the colonies, dude. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, okay. She's my queen. We haven't talked about it in this part, but we talked about Cherry Jones already from the social media oh, yeah. thingy. So we know that Cherry Jones is playing June's mother, Holly, mm-hmm. which is a dumb name that I don't like. Okay. I, I just, I don't like the name Holly. I'm sorry, Holly Hunter. I'm sorry, other people named Holly. I like it. I, listen, that's great. I just hope they don't name baby X Holly Jr. Yes, that is how the matriarchy works. It might. <laughs> so anyway, I really, 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 really hope that she's going to be in the colonies in the present day. Yeah, because oh, girl, she's got to be. She's got to be, but I don't want to get too excited. I think the people we're going to see in the colonies are 
off Glenn, Emily, and Janine. Janine. And the mom. And then I bet and then, Marissa Tomei is, like, the taskmaster She's, like, there. the aunt who oversees the colonies. Which is a shitty job. It is a real shitty job. Unless... So she must have done something bad. Unless it's, like, during the Holocaust when they would make prisoners into, oh. like, the officers. Uh, I think they called them Somna... Uh, it's, like, it's basically, like, sleepwalkers. Somnula Commandant or something like that. I'll have to look it up. But, like... It's these people who were co-opted by the oppressors to outsource the oppression, basically. So it might be that she's one of the unwomen, and they are using that terminology. Nice. They haven't really said it in the first season. They have barely mentioned the colonies. They talked about the colonies, but they never said the word unwomen. Right. Which I can totally see having this like talismanic sort of witchy power within that society. So excited. So my guess is either she's an aunt who either volunteered for this or like (laughs) messed up. Yeah. And they're like, well, now you have to be an aunt in the colonies, or she was an unwoman who was like, well, I'm going to make the best slash worst out of a bad situation, depending on your perspective. Yeah, oof. I, the colonies, I'm very excited about seeing. I it's going to be more intersectional, which I'm excited yes. about. Yes, and genuinely, I think they did a real... I think they did an alright job for season. They did an okay for job. For everything else I they had to consider, and they, I think they did accomplish a little intersectionality there. I agree, and I think that a lot of times these think pieces come out after whatever has been released to journos. So we're talking, like, what, like, the first three episodes, which mm-hmm. is long before you get the new of Glenn right. making her point. Oh, that's a good Because point. one of the things that they, that they pulled out here was talking about, it's a little bit different, but talking about being concerned with the interiority of white women at the expense of people of color who recognize that Gilead isn't a possible horrifying future, but the reality of what America has always been. That's true, but also our thing where there are people for whom Gilead is an improvement over the old way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's Even because... More egalitarian. Whether because it has pulled down the artifice mm-hmm. of, oh, America is so great and we're so inclusive, or because, in the case of the new Offglen, like, whoa, my life was terrible before, I couldn't kick drugs, now these people love me and respect me. Yeah. So I'm curious to see yeah. maybe a little bit more diversity of the experience of Gilead. I agree. I think that'll be fascinating to see. And it's it's just very refreshing to see that they listened to criticism and are incorporating to it. this podcast. Girl, <laughs> if you are listening, please. Bruce Miller. Bruce Miller. Face butter. Face butter. Butter to face. And that's the end of the ASMR uh, <laughs> portion of our podcast. For more, please follow us on Red All Over. I'm like, everybody fell asleep. <laughs> Wake up. Oh, boo, 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 boo. I believe those are the most. Oh, oh, here's one that I want to talk about a little bit is they're bringing an actress who I've never heard before, <gasps> Sydney Sweeney. Yes. Who's going to be a 15 year old character named Eden. And. Obviously not in the books, but this article says, and her role sounds chilling. She'll play a pious and obedient young woman who belongs in the next generation of Gilead evangelists and longs to be a commander's wife. Whoa! I'm so stoked. We see these girls briefly in the book at one of the convocations. Oh, they're getting That was the mass wedding. And I bet they marry those girls off young. Oh, I'm excited for the fuckery that's gonna happen. I am so excited to see this as somebody who grew up at this weird intersection of very conservative Catholicism and very conservative, like, evangelical Southern Baptist oh, man. people. Well, my best friend growing up was a Southern Baptist. Uh-huh. And I would, like, go to events and stuff at her church, which mm-hmm. is weird for a Catholic, but <laughs> because, boy, oh, boy, Southern Baptists, not a fan of the Catholics. No. The beliefs around courtship and marriage and procreation in both of those communities is is real interesting. Mm. And for many, many years, I was this character. You know what I oh, mean? I'm so excited. Like, I was so, like, I was, like, pro-life. I was true love waits. I was the whole shebang. Ugh. So I'm really excited to yeah. see this person. And I almost think it would be the most daring choice to, like, not have this young girl go through any kind of crisis of faith. 
I feel like we've seen that. Just have her be a true believer. Like, we have Serena Joy as sort of the complicated commander's wife. Yeah. Like, have this girl, like, maybe in the same way that things were working for the new Offglen, Gilead's really working for Eden. I think that would be a really interesting perspective. Especially if she is of an early crop of handmaids. That's the other thing is like is she the daughter or you right. know is she the biological child of a handmaid raised. or is she one of the kids who were stolen? Oh fuck. Well, I mean she's yeah. And like if that's the case, what do they tell her about like her sinful real parents Ooh, and I'm that so whole thing? I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I say that, and then, you know, this whole, the whole, like, conclusion of this article is like, anyway, hold on to your butts, because it's about <laughs> to get dark as food. All your favorite characters are about to go through some <laughs> shit. Okay. And, and so I feel this complicated mix of, like, very excited, because I love this source material. But also bone-chilling dread. My tummy hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you know that feeling when, like, you hurt from yeah. fear? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But I just, I don't know, I'm so excited and I'm just so glad that we have this space to process all of this because I think it's a tough pill to swallow. Like, as beautifully made and Mm -hmm. well-produced as the show is, like, you got to get through this with, you know, some buds. Yeah. Your Golden Girls, your Babysitter's Club, your Sex in the City (laughs) gals, what have you. You got to have some buds. That's what we're here for. We are here. Okay, let's move on to this next segment where I have painstakingly broken down the trailer into about 20 different parts. Thank God, because I did not do that, nor did I have any interest in doing so. Don't worry, baby. This is why we're such a good team. We sure are. (laughs) We sure are. The trailer, season two trailer, we've all seen it now. Let's uh, dive in headfirst with the song that is playing, which is, do you know, do you want to say it? Well, it's, it's what's happening. Well, it's by. actually called uh, For What It's Worth by right. Buffalo Springfield. Written by Stephen Sills. Who? Uh, Crosby, Crosby, Stills, and Oh, I was for some reason spelling it in my head S-T-I-L. <clears throat> I think I've been S-T-I-L. What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> this is going really well, everyone. <laughs> I, I Okay, literally my only <clears throat> negative feeling about this trailer. Is the song? It is not the production of the song, because I think the use of this children's choir is great. However, are we still going to get just hella baby boomer refugee songs? Because, for God's sake, for God's sake, get some indigo girls in here. This show is rife with lesbians. There does need to be more indigo girls. I believe that to be true. And, you know, I just find... And we'll see what ha- if they change up the musical profile at all. We will also know that they've been listening to this podcast <laughs> because I feel like almost nobody else in any of the other critical responses was like, "Fuck this." We liked it for the most part. There was just a few songs. Well, but it that just it's so tone deaf. I like liked there it, has but I think been you're right. there has been decades of musical innovation, right. and as I've said many times, like Alfred has a lot of black friends. <laughs> throw in some hip hop. Yeah. Throw in some R and B and soul. Yeah. Like, why not play something by a black artist instead of James fucking Taylor? <laughs> anyway, okay, we can we can have we, all of those. Listen, I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's uh, my only real negative opinion about this trailer because I loved it, and I will say the song keeps getting stuck in my head. Like this version, and I love the original song also. I like it too, and it tends to be used a lot in like Vietnam movies. Uh-huh. It's like this and the Credence song are like the two. Well, it's two yeah. Favorite. I mean, it's it's an actual protest song from like when we had protests. It is, and it's not. <laughs> we Mitch and I thought yesterday that it was about Vietnam, but uh, according to your research it's about the uh sunset strip riots okay curfew oh curfew riots i couldn't read my oh writing. okay okay which i'm not sure what that is. i think they that's made people have to be home by 10 p.m and it's a big music spot so it was a oh. protesting that they are not allowed to be outside during a certain time oh and then um similar to handmaids was that about was that about the racial unrest in no, the 60s, it's or? About, it's not even about that. It's just strictly about just hooligans. how we were not allowed to be going out to the music venues of the Sunset Strip at past 10 p.m. Oh, That's wow. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I would love a curfew like that. I hate being out past 10. 
<laughs> Anyhow, uh, I mean, I rarely am, but I like to know that I could be. Thank you. That was Mitch's musical minute. Yeah. So hopefully they caught most of that. Yeah. But if not, just people weren't allowed to be out after 10 on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And that's what that was about. Right. But nobody could hear it live because of the curfew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I have a question for you. What's your favorite instance of a regular song slowed down for a trailer? Because I think like, this is my favorite device in trailers. I don't know. I would have to figure out where else they've used it. Because really, all I can think of, actually, and I'm sorry for bringing up this a second time, but there was a period of time where everybody was using the soundtrack by the Kronos Quartet from Requiem for a Dream in all of their trailers. Uh, That's my favorite, is just using Requiem for a Dream music in your trailer. That's funny. They did it for one of the Lord of the Rings. I forget which one. Oh, anyway, I... I don't know. Well, no. I'll tell you. My favorite <laughs> is there was this Lifetime m- movie about uh, Brittany, Brittany Murphy. Uh, yes, my, my college friend's husband played the husband. No way! Yeah. Well, he has my favorite line in the trailer. So the Shout the, out, Eric Peterson! Woo! The trailer for this biopic about Brittany Murphy's life has the best slow version of a song I've ever heard, and it's baby don't hurt me but sang like what is love baby don't hurt me that is so it appropriate is so, for a britney best, murphy oh it was so biopic. great and the best part of the biopic trailer because this was before like they realized that like oh no nothing horrible happened it was kind of like black mold killed them so it was like not anybody's fault except for like they should clean their bathroom more um <laughs> But this biopic was, like, making the point that, like, she was constantly hounded by fame and the press, and that's what killed her. So there's this point where your friend's husband is, like, giving a press conference, and everyone's like, sir, sir, how did your wife die? How did your wife die? How did your wife die? And he goes, you killed her! <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> I'm very upset. None of that happened. And it's like, baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> So I love a good favorite. Lifetime biopic. Oh, who Man, does not? They're well, so bad. Well, let's get into this trailer then. Other okay, okay, song. okay. Oh, I will, I will find out what my favorite slowed down song in a trailer is. Because I think I have one. Great. I just don't know what it is. And my note about this song, too, yeah. is that, so it goes through the whole trailer, which is only like a minute long. We're going to spend way longer than that. I watched about it so many times. Me too. But do you make anything out of the point in this song? I do. Where stop where the music repeats is stop, stop children, stop children, stop children. It's like, oh, I'm getting chills just I am too. <laughs> Cuz it's like stop reproducing. <gasps> well, Very I'm Gileadian. Yeah. And I mean, I love it that's where they pick it up. Mm. That like they start with stop. Mm. That's very mm. that's very, mm. you know what that is? What? Get it? It's sardonic. <laughs> oh, Maggie. Yeah. So let's go beat by beat. Beat one. Picture of Alfred in a muzzle. A kind of reminiscent that of Emily. scared the crap out of me. I was like, no! Yeah, no shit. So this could mean a couple things. This could mean she gets caught. Mm-hmm. Is she fantasizing about being caught? Is, like, this to keep her quiet from one safe house to the next on the female road? We fucking do not know. Here's my theory, and I feel about 77% confident. Great. That they put that on her, Nick and the other eyes, slash made a double agents to transport her so as not to arouse suspicion. (sighs) It is scary. But that is a horrible looking muzzle. Well, especially because the last time we saw somebody in a muzzle like that is She got a click cut off. Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. My, oh, I'm clenching. No, I was like, my whole yoni just was sad. I know. It was like, meh. <laughs> so that's the first shot. Second shot is Serena Joy sitting in a window, <gasps> very reminiscent of like the, I believe the opening shot of season one, mm-hmm. which is Offred sitting in that same window. So Serena Joy, it looks like, has visited Offred's old bedroom, maybe to find clues. Maybe she finds the Nolite little scribble. Maybe she's just meditating. Yeah, maybe she's just... Hashtag didn't. March Sadness. Ugh. <laughs> so that's a beautiful shot. Yvonne Strahovski. Oh, I love her. Oh, my God. She is my woman crush Wednesday forever. Her Instagram is so fucking cute. She just lives her best life. Mm-hmm. She hikes. She camps. She's gorgeous. I love her so she much. She is gorgeous in this way that I'm so, like, in awe and envious of, where I'm just yeah. like... 
I mean, like, I know I don't have the bone structure for it. <laughs> and I'm not, like, that's not me, like, shitting on myself. Right, right. I just don't look like Which that. Which is fine. And yeah. what I like about her, though, is that she is so beautiful. Like, I would assume that she has, like, a very, like, cloistered kind of, like, actressy life. But, like, every other picture is her. She's like, I snuck away from set this weekend and I went hiking mm-hmm. and I went bouldering with my dogs and look how silly I'm being. Yeah. I, if you do nothing else after listening to this podcast... Follow Yvonne Strahovski on Instagram. She's a goddamn <laughs> delight. Also follow Maggie Atz because she doesn't post often, but when she does, it is silly. Anyhow, next frame, we have Commander smiling in what looks like like an audience somewhere. He's kind of like smirking a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty. His face is just frozen like that way, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little smarmy. <laughs> Uh, oh, he makes my skin crawl. He sure does. Especially smirking. The next one, this one is meaty. I had to pause this and rewind this a mm-hmm. couple of times. And so I'm going to say I'm about 89% sure I saw what I saw. <gasps> uh, what did you see, Molly? So it's, or Aunt, Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia crying and holding something to her face. Yes. Now, I thought when I first saw this, I thought it was a hat. Like she takes off her aunt hat and holds it. But I froze it. And again, I am 89% sure she's holding a braid of brown hair. (gasps) (laughs) I watched it like three different times. It's very fast. It's hard to see. Our Our TV is in and out. But I think she's holding a braid of hair to her face. And is it her hair she's wound around? I don't think so, BB. I think it's somebody else's hair. I wish that my face could be transmitted as an audio signal, but it cannot. Because I remember that we saw her crying, and I Mm -hmm. was floored by that the first time that I watched this. Because I assumed it had something to do with Janine. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But knowing that we're going to get her backstory, I would bet you dollars to donuts. That's from her backstory episode. And maybe it's a parent or a daughter. Oh, interesting. Or Ooh. a lover. A lover, but a lover. Oh, I've taken a lover. <laughs> oh, dear. That's interesting. I was, my knee-jerk reaction was that, like, when they send you to the colonies, they, like, cut your hair somehow. Interesting. Just because haircutting seems like a humiliation. It is. It's a very, like, anti-feminine humiliation. Absolutely. So I was thinking that maybe she, Maybe she fucking shaved Janine's head to go to the colonies and kept this braid and is like, what have I wrought? Yeah. So that's interesting to think about. But Janine has red hair, doesn't she? She has like reddish, brownish hair, yeah. So maybe it's Emily's, I don't know. But I don't feel like, I don't know. I don't feel like she has I don't feel like she has that connection to Emily. Like her relationship to Emily is much more business-like than her relationship with Janine. So if she's holding a braid, you guys all owe me $5. (laughs) (laughs) You can Venmo us at Venmo.com slash (laughs) Rattleover. The next scene is there I Janine crying. Yeah, she's in the colonies and she's just sort of like looking into space. Ah, that says colonies. Yeah, Janine colonies. Yep, so it's Janine in the colonies. Interesting. We see a lot of the colonies in this trailer. But they're all these really wide shots. They're wide shots where you can't see anybody except really for the barren wasteland and maybe a right. cornfield, or is that a different cornfield? I think that's a different cornfield, but we'll get to that. I guess corn wouldn't grow where all the waste is. Yeah. You know what else I'm curious about the huh. colonies? Is it really radioactive, though? Is it? Girl, I'm about to bring my Geiger counter down here. Listen, if anybody who has read the Wool series by Hugh Howey, y'all know what I'm talking about. The Wool series? Yeah, the Wool trilogy. Or it might actually be the Silo trilogy. The first book is called Wool. And it's not the kind of wool you think. The next shot we see is Moira and Luke in what appears to be the Little America kind of like square that we've seen before. But they're looking at these ribbons shaped like nooses. I thought maybe it was like crepe paper or toilet paper. but Oh, like it's been vandalized? No! I mean, like they just didn't have any other art supplies available and mm. they used toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with that. Crepe paper could be festive. <laughs> yeah, let's make some festive-ass nooses. <laughs> I wonder if it's some kind of like memorial for people we know who are dead and they check it to see if June's name is there? Maybe. I don't know. Because, I mean, we do... That's a motif that we associate with Luke, is the nooses. Because he went into that church 
where the Gileadians had strung up all the people who were trying to protect the women. Oh, uh, man. Right? I forgot that part. I rewatched a couple of episodes when I was visiting my friend in Seattle. Jeez. Yeah. And that episode's so brutal. The Luke episode. Yikes. It's bananas how brutal that episode wow. is. Okay, so maybe something... Like I mean, that. it's that's more of a filmmaker thing. That yeah. the... <gasps> I wonder... If it's like a foreshadowing that Luke is going to get hung someday. Don't you say that. The only kind of hung I want Luke to be is penis time. <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. But, you know, you've seen him. You get it. <laughs> Look, there's a reason he's on TV and none of us are. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Just know- growing up in England, they were like, oh, get this boy to Hollywood, yeah? <laughs> he's got beautiful teeth. <laughs> um, we don't know how it happens. Oh, he's our official boyfriend of the mm. podcast. And OT, I'm sorry if we came on too strong last season. I'm not. No. <laughs> uh, but they are aware, I think, that we can only take so much because they do have like a nice little cheesecakey OT bit in the mm-hmm. latter half of this trailer. We'll move on. So the next shot is also very scary. It's a man caught in the woods, gagged, bound. <gasps> bloody bloodshot and the commander's coming up behind him and i wonder if this is what you were talking yes, about yes that is what i was talking about commander's day job yep. so you're insinuating that the commander's day job is like murking insurgents murking murking is like you know you kill someone you take someone out you murk them i did not know it was a murk them. i didn't know <laughs> yeah How? yeah I'm from ex- the street executing Kelly. i'm i'm very much not <laughs> i am i am white from the suburbs yeah um well yeah, kind so- of anyway I don't have time to get into my pedigree right now. <laughs> yeah, so my, I'm, you know, maybe or just maybe just one day a week. They're like, oh, Waterford, you're on cleanup duty. You oh, know, man, I wanted to go to the birthday party. No, you can't. <laughs> um, Sorry. excuse me. Um, excuse me. <laughs> it's sir, my birthday week. I don't know why we're having this other person's birthday. I have an agenda item to add. I shit you not. If they have a character who's like my name before Gilead was Shannon, we will 100 percent know they were listening to yes. us. I and like that, that we're so optimistic. Make me squeal. <laughs> I would die. Um, anyhow. <gasps> so, yeah. What do you make? Who's this person? He's a person we ain't never seen before. I know. I rewound it a bunch of times because my initial thought was maybe it was Nick. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's just another yeah, dark-haired he, man. He's not that cute. Yeah. He's not that cute. <laughs> Max Mangella. You juicy butt. You juicy lips. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad, Max Mangella. You are the official side piece of this podcast. Mm-hmm. This might also be like kind of a sting operation that he's running mm. under the official Gilead radar trying to figure out where Offred is so mm. he doesn't get in trouble for harboring subversives. Interesting. Which is something that we heard in the movie, right? Like they came in and they're like, oh, you're harboring a subversive. Yeah. That movie was that so boo boo. <laughs> I liked it, but it is just, it is fast and loose with the source material in some spots. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> the next shot. Ooh! I'm so excited to talk about this next shot. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so this next shot is this room full of men in black suits. and But none of them are Tommy Lee Jones and none of them are Will Smith. Right. And none of them is Linda Fiorentini. Unfortunately. (laughs) I would love it if she was on this show. (laughs) So this is a room full of men in black suits. And then at the top of the room, there's like windows, like a gallery almost. And in each window is a person in a handmaid's outfit. Mm -hmm. Now, you can read this, I think, three different ways. One, this is kind of a gathering of commanders that they're making the Handmaid's Watch, mm-hmm. if not the day that they pitch the idea of Handmaid's, and they're bringing this in as, like, the, like, Steve Jobs finale. It's like a this, fashion show. Yeah, to this pitch <laughs> of what Handmaid's will look like in Gilead. So it's a flashback about the formation of Gilead. Okay. The thing I am more interested in is option two, mm-hmm. which is this is the conference from the epilogue. <gasps> This is uh, Professor Piotto giving their talk about handmaids and saying, join us after lunch for the Gilead recreation cosplay, which they talk about in the book. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. I honestly, Kelly, I would be so fucking happy if season two opens on this conference. I think we said that when we read the book. That, to me, would be the ideal situation. And Elizabeth Moss said in that article, she's like, oh, like, 
whatever you think is going to happen in the, in the premiere, you're wrong. What if it's just straight up that conference? I think so, too, because that would be such a, like, ah! for people. Who, sorry. Sorry for screaming on mic. But that would be such a, ah! for people who hadn't read the book because it's so different. Yeah. From anything they've seen and uh-huh. to begin what is going to be the most to i think the the most because that juxtaposition of mm-hmm. how flip they are mm-hmm. at the conference with these unforeseen yeah. lovecraftian horrors we're about to witness yeah. apparently the, like yeah the way that if i were in charge of show running this season is to constantly juxtapose the most brutal instances that are happening in gilead mm-hmm. with like Hi guys, it's the conference. We're gonna have lunch today. Oh, remember that joke we made about the, how we wanted to fuck the previous presenter? <laughs> oh, so that's the the way that I would organize. We'll be this. doing uh, ceremony style yoga from three to four p.m. before the Martha's Happy Hour. <laughs> and don't get crazy like you did at the Christmas party, Bill. <laughs> okay. And tomorrow will be the Econo Live scavenger hunt. Yeah, extra points for face butter. Exactly. So <laughs> I think that would be a very artful way to organize this season. And then there's a third option for Speaking what Speaking of means. being real flippant. Yeah. Okay. So I've been thinking about doing cosplay this year. Wow. I know. Well, I decided, and I can't make up my mind, to do from The Last Jedi, Captain Phasma, because she's the first woman in the Star Wars universe that I'm not too physically imposing to play. <laughs> and also, ooh, gender swap Kylo Ren, though. Ooh, if mm. you do that, I was going to make a Ray costume. So okay, cool. So there's that. But other. then, if these Econo wife dresses are cute, mm, they're not going to be cute. They might be. Girl, I'm just going to spoil that for you right now. They're not going to be cute. I want them to be cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good. I wish you meant much luck with that. Just give me this. <laughs> you can have it. It's uh, going to last for like six weeks, and then all my hopes will be dashed. <laughs> so there's a third option for what this tiny scene could mean too that's the uh, i was like are you looking at me to finish your thought because i don't have it oh yeah (laughs) the third option for what this scene could mean is it's the end of the graduate (laughs) hello handmaids my old friend Uh, they're just like commander i want to impregnate you again Plastics. I think, regardless, this is obviously inspired by all of the protests we saw in the past year where women dressed as handmaids would show Mm -hmm. up at their legislature Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, quit trying to legislate my uterus, you damn dirty apes. And they'd be watching, yes. (laughs) And they'd be watching the proceedings as handmaids. Yes. Yes. It's very chilling and I love it. I think it. it could be a protest as well. Yes. I don't know. Like, it could be, like, a May Day protest. Oh, interesting. Okay, guys. Well, let us know what you think on our Facebook page. We're almost done. We're about halfway through. Oh, sh- my gosh. Okay. Sorry. We can keep going. <laughs> Next shot is Handmaids with Hands Outstretched. Someone on our Facebook page had an idea of what this might mean. They're like, maybe are they pr- doing, like, a ritualistic practicing of, like, the salvaging and mm-hmm. stoning? It really looks know. more like the, you know, whose fault, her fault, her fault, oh. she did it. I don't know. Circle. But, and there's no there's no ants around. That's there's nobody true. directing this. So I'm just like, I, is this handmade freestyle? Like, what is this? And the next scene. Like a Coke freestyle. Yeah. But for handmaids. I like a vanilla handmade myself. I like a lime one. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. The next note I wrote was person with a hat, but I can't remember what that means I think anymore. it's also in the colonies. Yes, you're right. That's the only place you're allowed to have a hat now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obviously, the handmaids still have their bonnets. Yeah. And the next one is very scary. I wrote hammer time. Uh, <laughs> but in actuality, it's somebody's arm dragging a hammer down a wall, which is terrifying. Is that near where the resist sign comes in? I think I so. feel like I'm really like, because that felt like it was like maybe people doing some, some vandalizing, some looting. Or hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a that's very apt. I see hammer, I think glass, smashy smash. Mm. Mm-hmm. Is, that your, is that your little poem yep. that you wrote? Yep. So, I'm, yeah, it could I'm be- occasionally writing a poem. A little poem? A poem. A poem. <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, that's, we don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to get hurt. That's mm-hmm. all I know. <laughs> next scene is Nick and June in what looks like almost the same hallway as the previous scene and they're like crying with their faces real close to Mm -hmm. each other and then that tiny scene ends when they hold hands Mm -hmm. drama (laughs) (laughs) but it kind of begs the question like do Nick and June get caught 
if they if they get caught, I have a feeling they're gonna be like, stay tuned for season three. <sighs> I don't want that. I don't want that either. Bruce Miller. No season three. No. Face butter, yes. <laughs> season three, no. <laughs> <laughs> that ends the second ASMR <laughs> of our podcast. There's so much more ASMR this season. Man. <laughs> then they cut very purposely, I think, from Nick and June being romantic to the flashback of Luke and Hannah and June, which is, this is the cheesecake shot, I'm yes. telling you, because it's got, oof, it's got O.T. Fag Benley with his shirt open. Mm-hmm. And they're all laughing Ooh. and having a good time. I wonder if it's their vacation that was in that one photo album that oh, he yeah. insisted on taking that would like make, a baby. That would make sense if, why he's partially shirtless, too, if it's a beach vacation. <sighs> mm. Mm. But somebody was like, oh my god! Somebody on her Facebook page who suggested they're like, oh my god, did they get back together? I'm like, oh baby, no, I bet it's a flashback. <laughs> like they ain't never gonna smile again. Yeah. Even if they find each other, they're gonna be like, you know, I forgot how to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's my a laugh muscles have atrophied. But what a cute ass flashback! And then it goes really linearly to June on the train with her eyes closed. So I bet you that's a flashback yeah. for sure oh, on for the sure. female yeah. road. Okay, we're running through the corn. Which seemed like the Alias Grace crossover we had been waiting for. <laughs> I think much like we're like, oh, mating might not necessarily be good. I don't think Grace, Grace is not going to help you. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not forget, Grace is not a huge fan of other women. That's true. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying. I agree. Grace is not going to necessarily help you get out of there june but this corn had like a very like et style where it's like it's a dark night and all you can see is little flashlights popping around i assume that's what happens listen i love you so much that's great thank you uh so i think I ot et don't you ruin coincidence no no don't put those two in my mind never the twain shall meet so i think that's a in Gilead running away. Okay. I think it'll be very similar to this montage where Luke and the other freedom fighters are kind of running away. Okay. We got the colonies hand-holding with Janine and someone else. Is it Alfred's mom? Is it Marissa Tomei? Is it uh, Rory Gilmore? We don't know. We have no idea. But I did want to focus on the detail here that it sh- goes very close up to them. And you can see that their dresses are made out of tarp. Ah! And knowing what we My know butt. about how purposeful this costume director for this show is, mm-hmm. that's a on-purpose choice, and that's a cool costume mm-hmm. choice. So maybe you want to cosplay like that. Mm-hmm. You'll be impervious to rainwater, which I know is your least favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate rainwater. Uh, and then the final, the final scene in this trailer is dun, dun, June burning her handmaid's outfit. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, this was a good ass part. So this is what really made me think that that first shot was an in transit shot of her with the muzzle, ah. because it's like, well, whenever this happens, like mm-hmm. they if they get caught, they don't get caught before she destroys her outfit. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, you're right because or before she rips the tracker out of her ear, which who that's going to be some Cronenbergian body horror. A little, a little Darren Aronofsky finger peeling nonsense. Yeah, I'm excited, but also scared. Like I'm glad, like I'm glad that we went through this, but I also feel emotionally drained enough after recording this that yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good to wait for another Same six Z's. weeks. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. six weeks, let's see if the the groundhog sees its shadow, okay. and it'll be six more weeks of winter and six more weeks of No Handmaid's Tale, which means. Yeah. The Office for you. Yay! Uh, the Alienist for me. Maybe Harlots. I'm watching Sons of Anarchy right now. Okay. Which has been weird. Cool. <laughs> Mitchell's giving me the thumbs up. Just giving me the thumbs up. Well, I recommended it to... I recommended Peaky Blinders to a friend of mine. And he recommended back to me Sons of Anarchy, which I was like, great. Because I had this period because on my other podcast... We had to recap 16 episodes in four weeks, and it was one of the most difficult things that I have ever done. But I literally was in tears one night because I hadn't gotten to watch any TV that wasn't to create content. I have similar tantrums. (laughs) So the nice thing about Sons of Anarchy is that it has nothing to do with anything that I'm doing. Nice. 
And I've been thinking a lot lately about comedy and violence. Mm. And I'm rereading this book by Anne Bogart, who is a theater director who sort of popularized the viewpoints and Suzuki method. Ooh. And um, that's a good... <laughs> that's Mazda. That's fine. It's it's cool. Um, I anyway, cars. But she's talking about the violence of articulation. Huh? And I'm thinking about that a lot. And I'm thinking about it as relates to the extremely, like, obvious violence of the show, like Sons of Anarchy or even The Handmaid's Tale, where it's like these very obvious acts of violence. But how are our words violent? How is the act of particularly women speaking their experience? Wow, you know what that makes me think of. And how is that funny? (laughs) That makes me think of Academy Award-nominated I, Tanya. (gasps) Because <gasps> it's very much similar kind of juxtaposition and message. You know, I was very annoyed about <laughs> Lady Bird beating out Itania in a lot of ways. Yes, I really like Lady Bird, but it's a different beat. I didn't see Lady Bird. You would like it. Probably, but I'm just so tired of white women. We're going to watch the fish fucking movie later today. Oh, good for you! Yeah. I want to watch that. But anyway, but like... To me, Greta Gerwig and Lady Bird winning over I, Tanya is everybody siding with Nancy Kerrigan and against no. Tanya Harding again. Wow. No. Yeah. I I can't come with you on this. But. If you agree with me, everybody, come to my cool secret meeting. It's called <laughs> We, Tanya. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that was great. We covered a lot of ground. It's lovely to be back podcasting yeah, Oh, my gosh. I feel oh, my soul feels restored. That's good. We yeah. had a good self-care Sunday Indeed. so far. So we'll be back with a special Galentine's Day exgalaganza and also March Sadness March will sadness. kick off. So until next time, Nolite Teva Stardes Carborundorum. Dum 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 Where are you going? You skipped the whole part. I'm saying stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. And it's Chelsea's in two, April 2018. Woo!